Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter part of the My High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to be joined here by Swipa. This is Weekends with Swipa on the My High Sports Network. Make sure to hit that like button down below, that subscribe button down below. Helps us out tremendously. Uh, Swipa, how you doing, my guy, on this fine Sunday afternoon? Mm. Yeah, interesting, interesting time uh, for the Denver Nuggets, man. I'm doing well, personally. Uh, the Nuggets are on a three-game skid. Uh, they're repeating the offenses of last year, having some inexcusable losses on their ledger but look i am uh very much in the mindset that i knew this was going to happen at some point in time i also knew that eventually they were going to go on a crazy run which i think they're about to do i think they're about to do it too and it's unfortunate that i think you and i were both predicting this at the the end of last week that yeah we think denver's they're they're set up to go on a run they're geared up to go on a run Mm -hmm. and then nicole Jokic has two of the worst games of his career uh which is hilarious uh, kind of jinx i would say uh, I, i'll take the credit for that one i guess I, I seem to be the jinx guy around here uh but it has felt like this breakout moment that we were predicting has a little bit delayed it's been a little bit delayed for sure and uh, i can imagine that it probably starts with the big fella at this point uh let's talk about him in this first segment we'll talk about the losing streak for sure let's talk about guys stepping up in segment two about like Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, different guys that I think could really play better. And then third segment, we'll talk in-season championship, the Los Angeles Lakers folks in-season tournament champions, NBA cup winners. Uh, We'll talk about that briefly and then preview the week to come. Uh, But first this last losing streak for Denver, they've lost three games in a row. Swipe uh, of those three losses at the Kings on a back-to-back versus the Clippers on the road with everybody healthy, and versus the Rockets at home with everybody healthy. Uh, which one of those do you think is the most concerning? Concerning? Yeah, uh, like I guess a, a relative term, given that it's still December. Yeah. Um, probably the one at home, just because they came off a loss with the Kings that they were down a lot. The Clippers, the bench unit, in that first stint with the bench, they were horrid. Uh, they, they just didn't. They were a minus 15, minus 17 that game. The Rockets game was the one that's probably the most disappointing just because they're at home. This team had never lost a Western Conference game at home when they had all four of their main guys on the court. And they lose to a team that, honestly, if they got in the playoff setting, they probably sweep, you know, if things came pushed. You know, no disrespect, but, again, I just the Rockets aren't going to be better than at least six of the teams in the, in the West. So I think some of this comes down to, man, they just didn't have the energy. They, they look fatigued. You know, you and I were at the game. Um, you know, Ryan and I don't sit together. He sits in the uh, – there's a different section uh, where Ryan sits in. So I was looking at hey, the back hey, of Ryan's slow, slow down on that one. We we, we got we to gotta explain that one <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> he was I – was, I was watching the game from with my binoculars from afar, right? And – but Ryan, it was just a level of energy, man. They just did not come out like a team that, like, Remember when Jamal first came back versus Houston the first time? From the start, they were on it. And you could just tell the energy was there. They wanted to screw a point. 
And that just wasn't there. So some of this, it just feels that mentally they were not in a place they needed to be until the fourth quarter when they were down 25 and they were just kind of pissed off. And then by that point, you kind of saw the championship running them. They went on an 18-0 run. Jokic shot 50% in the second half after having an abysmal first half. So that was probably the most concerning given the scenario. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I can write off the Clippers game just because, look, it, it's always weird when teams have like three days off. And the Clippers and Nuggets both had three days off in that situation. And then Denver went on the road. They played a team in a city where they've won like 11 straight games in that city. So I, I can excuse like missing out on one of those. And that, especially the Clippers, like you, you know that they're motivated to have a good performance against Denver specifically. Right. And Jokic went 9 of 32 in that game. That's likely never to happen again. He does go 9 of 26 in the next game against Houston. And I think that one was a little bit more concerning, especially yeah. with the way that he started with the, as he, as he mentioned, the energy, the lethargy. I think that he was a catalyst of that in a lot of ways. And and like everybody, like I was watching him, for, especially for that first quarter, that first quarter, second quarter. And he just wasn't really bending over. He wasn't really getting on the, like not sir, not getting on the floor or anything like that, but just like getting down into a stance, getting into position, doing the work early on possessions and things like that. It was very much like free throw line to free throw line is how he was operating. And I, I think that there's, there's something going on there, but I, I don't think it's serious. Obviously. I think that I'm not super concerned. My next question to you was, uh, kind of framing this question. What's your concern level for Nikola Jokic in the playoffs because of this moment in time right now? I didn't come up with this question, y'all. So obviously you know who fed this question. Um, as negative, uh, negative points, rebounds, and assists leading in the uh, NBA playoff, whatever that would be. Um, the worst playoff player, whatever their negative is, I'm taking that. I I just don't even think none of this matters. And again, it's not, it's no, it's not about relative to other teams. If the Nuggets were getting beat, Ryan, because they are just, like, playing their brand of ball and, like, they're getting put on, you know, they're getting put on billboards and stuff out, and then it's different. Like, oh, you know, we have a little bit of an issue. The Clippers game, the Rockets game, even the Kings game. Really, if, again, respect to DeAndre Jordan, if he didn't have that second, that little, that little stretch he had where he basically gave up six free points, then the game would have been different at the end of the game. And, and on top of that, they weren't even fully healthy. Jamal wasn't there. So I think some of this is I'm not concerned at all about Joker um, just because there's nothing to be concerned about. Because, again, if this is the worst two-game stretch of his career and one of the worst ever uh, for a big man at center just on a volume touchdown point. So if you think that, you know, and now I think it's, it's cute for other fan bases and stuff and they're joking about it and saying, well, you know, Mr. King of efficiency, no longer Mr. King of efficiency, dropped four points into true shooting over the last two games, all this other stuff. And I get it. It's jokes, kiki, ha, ha, ha. People have been waiting for this downfall. But the problem is, is that Joker has a profile where his shot profile is the easiest shots in basketball, and he's a tough shot maker. So he's going to bounce back. So I'm not really uh, tripping. Um, you know, really, again, right? it was last Saturday when he had a 30-point triple-double with no turnovers again. And he right. had, like, he was leading the EPM, like, 9.3. Everybody else was, like, a whole point away. So everything's kind of falling back uh, a lot a little bit. I, I, so let me kind of walk it back. I, I understand that. And I'm not trying, the way I was trying to frame it was 
your concern level for Jokic in the playoffs, obviously it's pretty negligible. Like this, this segment, the, the segment of time doesn't really affect it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering whether you think that this kind of downstretch or this period of time might affect him in this moment for these next few games. Like, is this something that because of how bad it was over the course of these last two, is this something that kind of persists for a week or two? Is this something that, hey, next game is perfectly fine? Like, I, I don't really know how to answer that. I just don't, like, because because this is so weird, because this is so different for me. Yeah, man, you definitely sound like somebody who's never seen somebody have a bad day before. Not you, but it's, I'm saying, yeah. like, right, you know, this is just yeah. a lot. And I think Jordan had these stretches. Kobe had these stretches. Shaq had these stretches. LeBron had these stretches where he just was negative in his prime, by the way. You know, versus like the Charlotte Bobcats, like 2012 or, you know, the the Hornets, you know, when they were in New Orleans. Like, I mean, there's multiple things that have happened for a lot of superstar level players where they've had bad stretches of games. I think some of this with Joker is Joker was visibly frustrated. Ryan, when he missed another floater in the second half, he grabbed his jersey and like did a fake rip at it just because he was just so upset with himself over missing these shots. So I think some of this is. He's in a rut, but I think this is one that's fairly fixable. It's just a matter of, I think, him getting used to the rhythm of what he's doing again. But, you know, he's been doing that for the majority of his career. Yeah, and there's there's some energy to it. Like I said, I, I think he was pretty low energy in this one, not necessarily getting up for the the initial parts of this game. And I think that kind of got him off kilter for whatever reason. I, I don't know what it was. And, I'm again, I'm not concerned about it for sure. Like this, he is still going to put up, like we talked about, like 34, 14, and 10 in a playoffs like that's that's going to happen i feel very comfortable about that it's just more about hey what does denver do in this moment in this particular time where the thing that has been their rock for so long is now kind of shaky is now kind of in a position where hey you you, you've now been opened up to this possibility of this happening what does denver do in these other stretches so I want to answer that. Maybe we should answer that in a little bit more detail on the other side, because I've got mm-hmm. some things I want to talk about with Jamal Murray specifically. Um, any other thoughts specifically on Joker? Nah, man, I'm excited for the next game versus the Bulls uh, in Serbian County, uh, in, in Serbian County of the U.S. Now, that that's on Tuesday. They'll, they'll play on uh, on Monday. They're going to play in Atlanta. And uh, a curious thing that I'll, I'll bring up now to kind of tease for the, th- the third segment. Denver did not send out a practice notification for uh, today. <laughs> they uh, they did not practice, or at least it wasn't open to the, the public for practice here. So I'm not sure exactly when they traveled out. But they're playing in Atlanta on Monday with two days off prior to. So wouldn't surprise me if uh, if they're going to try to decompress, if you will. Right. Um, we will see what happens. But either way, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to chat about Jamal. We're going to chat about uh, just kind of everything that goes into the supporting cast helping out their big fella. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you could win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports? They will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. And they'll also give you two tickets to the game, plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you will be automatically entered to win. So win money wagering and win money betting uh, with uh, the courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLING. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipe Up. 
pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in please leave a like and subscribe to the youtube channel down below would really appreciate that for sure as well as if you're listening on the audio side make sure to rate review and subscribe over there that would greatly help out the podcast all right let's do this because Denver's in a rut. They're lose, they've lost three games in a row. Things have not felt great, and there's a variety of reasons why. The big one is that Nikola Jokic has been a little bit shaky over the course of this, but there are other reasons mm-hmm. that we can absolutely talk about. Uh, Jamal Murray's back after a significant stretch out. He had a brief time where he was on the court and then played 22 minutes, rolled an ankle, and then was back out again. Now he's back, and I think you can now start to develop some tendencies with Jamal's numbers, just looking at them. He's had some really good outside shooting playmaking efficiency, been really yep. good, like good assists, low turnovers. I think he's under two turnovers a game. Yeah, really game. yeah I think so. I think, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. And six of uh, 17 only him and KCP might be the only good free throw shooters on the team, by the way. Yeah. It's like, he's up at 90. I think, I think Jamal's yep. at 90%. And that is a good sign. It's, it's, Maybe him getting to the free throw line will help Denver's free throw numbers out overall. That would be great. Uh, but the one thing, that there's there's a couple things that I, I have some critiques for with Jamal's game. He's under 43% from two-point range. Mm-hmm. And that's bad. Like, that is a really, really bad number. And there's a couple reasons why. Underperforming at the rim underperforming in the mid-range, uh, just some of the numbers that stand out. I think it was at 60% on shots at the rim when it should be about 65 to 70 is where he generally lives. And then in the mid-range, he's like shooting 30% on both shots from 10 to 16 feet and shots from 16 feet to inside the three-point line. Those numbers are generally for him, like when he's at his best, they're in the 40 to 50% range. So it is way worse than where it usually is. Small sample size, to be clear. But if Denver is going to kind of recover, I think Jamal Murray needs to take a step forward. What about about you? Yeah, I mean, he had some stinky uh, play in there right before he went down. Uh, Remember, he had those three straight games where his field goal percentage tanked. And uh, I think it might have started because he had that game versus Utah um, that he had a really bad, I think it's efficiency. He shot 42, 43% from the field. Uh, and then he played versus the Wolves, shot 31. And then versus the Dallas Mavericks, shot 33. And then versus Chicago, when he went out, shot 33. And then versus Houston, um, like 28. So just, again, some of this is, it's just, I think, getting in the rhythm and stuff. But, you know, I was actually looking up some stuff, Ryan. Cause the, the 2021 season, you know, he had a stretch of 25 games where he averaged basically like 24, 5, and 4, and he shot like 40, I think it was like 44%, 45% from three, 90% from the line, and like 50% from the field. And what you see with Jamal is the more he gets to play games in a row, the more time he has, the more he ramps up, and then the better he gets. Similar to this, why the playoffs, Jamal is so good. Because now it's like every game, every coverage, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and every day is the same. And I think with Jamal, I think as he gets more used to playing again and doing Jamal Murray things, I think he'll play better. And I even think uh, in the next couple of games that he's going to have, one versus Atlanta, Trey Young and Jajante Murray, uh, and then obviously playing uh, the next game uh, versus the Bulls with, you know, Zach Levine's obviously going to be out, uh, but Caruso is going to give him a nice matchup that he can have to play against and stuff as well. So I think 
we'll start to see it happen. Maybe not on the road, but I think when they come back home, you should start to see some of that, that efficiency uptick for him. But his true shooting got him 3%, I think, in the last couple of games, too, since he's been back because, you know, it's down to 51 for a minute. So that game versus Atlanta, I'd be circling. I, I would be circling that one for Jamal specifically, like depending on how he how he approaches that one. But there are yeah. certain circumstances that you have to look at and think, okay, this is a good outcome. This is a good matchup. And here's why. Clint Capella is going to be a drop center. Like he's going to be dropping. They are going to be attached to Jokic as much as possible. Right. And the two players that are probably going to be spending the most time on Jamal, or maybe three, you're going to have Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and uh, DeAndre Hunter. I was like, Ooh. DeJounte and then DeAndre. I was, I was getting screwed up in my brain. Um, all three of those guys will give different defensive assignments, but if it's Trey Young, he's got to be able to post him up. He's got to be able to make those shots, and he was working right. the post pretty well in this last matchup. That was good to see. Uh, Trey, uh, no, uh, DeJounte has not been as good defensively for the Atlanta Hawks as I think they were hoping. And part of the, like, they were hoping that he would solve some of their defensive perimeter problems. He has not. And that's okay. Like, that's not necessarily going to be his role, but Denver can definitely take advantage of that matchup. And then the other one is DeAndre Hunter. Like, that's the matchup where I think they'll probably send him over there, but that means that Trey Young's going to be on KCP. DeJounte Murray's probably going to be guarding Michael Porter. And a bigger player is going to be guarding. Yeah, yeah Gordy Ball versus Atlanta last year, didn't he? Um, in the last stretch of the season. Yes, he did. It was at it was at Ball Arena. And yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh Trey Young did not play in that one, but DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray did, yeah. I believe. And that was, I think, the only 40 ball that he had during the season, during the mm-hmm. regular season. So it makes sense. And I think he is very comfortable attacking a guy like Clint Capella, uh, a drop coverage big, and he's going to have to make use of that mid-range area, that floater zone. And if he can get all the way to the paint, then great. He's got to be able to finish. Like that's just, this is a responsibility of his as, as the second best player. And if, if he's going to be in these top 20 lists, man, like this is about the time where he's got to start to step up and take well, and now, some responsibility. Now everybody's taking him out of their like top 20, top 25. Because of the I know. Like, because of how it's he very, very reactionary, of course. But Right. And, you know, but I will say this, you know, Joker and Jamal, I don't know who's going to be the second best player in the team. Mike Porter Jr. has been the best player in the roster. So, uh, you know, one of them is going to have to follow suit because Porter's playing extremely well. By the way, I think his last – I think the last nine or ten games, if I, look, if I remember correctly, uh, I want to say Michael – because I was actually looking this up the other day trying to figure out for Locked On. So Porter's last ten games, Ryan, he's averaging 19, 8, and 2. He's shooting – 52, 43, 75 from the field. And he's shooting uh, 7.4 three-point attempts a game uh, as well. So, like, Porter has been really, really good as of late, and especially the last second half of the season that we've seen so far. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's a guy that I'm not concerned about. And right. that's one of the things that happens when you play every day, when you bring the same level of intensity and focus every day. And yeah. you are making shots and you're, and you're being more productive and you are attacking matchups. And like, I think that Porter's he's, he's not a guy that I have concerns about, which uh, kind of shocking. Like that's, that's not where I thought that we would be at this stage. It's like, Hey, I thought that we would be like, okay, do we need Michael Porter to step into more of a role? But uh, with, uh, I mean, look, we're overreacting obviously to the Jokic last two games, but uh, with Jamal, like I, I, th- I just think it's his time to 
continue to push forward and continue to establish himself. And like, he's got to make up for some lost time here because the other thing is that Denver and their entire starting lineup had to really stress themselves out while he was gone. And Reggie Jackson uh, playing extra minutes, having extra responsibility. Like he stressed himself out while Jamal was gone. So it's on Jamal to kind of make up that, that time a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think some of this is so Ryan, and let me, let me hear your thoughts on this because, the thing about the Nuggets is what really separates them that people miss is their intensity. They're extremely physical when they're playing their brand of basketball, and they're extremely intense. Everybody's locked in on the stream. And again, in the regular season, you do this in stretches. They started the year off doing this with 9-2, and two, and they've kind of been in a lull since that point. Do you see over the next – this week, for instance, do you think starting this week that you'll start to see them take that real leap in terms of – bringing the intensity for a nice little 20, 25 game stretch where they're just going out and they're basically proving a point to the rest of the league. I don't think proving the point is the right thing. I think that right. they, they probably need to prove the point to themselves. They know how good they are, but right. there is something to kind of getting back into that rhythm and being able to see it for yourself and experience it for yourself a little bit. Right. And then you can worry about the rest of the teams. You can worry about the rest of the league at that yeah. point and fans and whoever else they care about kind of, converting in that case no I, I think it's it's mostly about themselves it's it's they have to prove it to themselves again that they could get hot that they could get into that rhythm and play a consistent game because i mean how many times have they played a complete break a complete game this year like it's been a while right what's the best game they've had you think uh let's say in the last few weeks Ooh, now we i mean now we gotta Ooh, go look at the schedule the game that they had at home when jamal murray first came back yeah, I think I think yeah. that's probably the one. DeAndre Jordan. I'm saying when everybody was actually playing. Yeah, so they won that Phoenix game by eight. They, they won the Houston game by ten. And remember the the garbage time kind of condensed yeah. that down. It was like a plus twenty eight in that game. Yeah, I mean it was like it was plus twenty eight, plus thirty, something like that in a ten point win. Um, the Clippers game without Jokic that was a good game. Uh, Denver beat the Spurs. That doesn't really count. Um, the Pistons game they won with Jokic getting ejected. The Clippers game that they won with Jokic going 8 of 23 but getting to the line. It's been a while. Like, I think, honestly, for a really complete performance, like, gotta go back to the Chicago game when Murray went down. If I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, that wasn't even a... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think there's something there. I, I, the game that I'd probably point to as, hey, this was... There's, there's two of them, actually. The Dallas game that they played, the first yeah, night of the in-season tournament, that was really yeah. good. And then the OKC game that they played on the road. Right. Um, that was, I mean, that was a throttling from start to finish for sure. Um, but yeah, like I I just I think that there are there are not enough examples yet of this team playing a great game over the course of this last like like especially during November. <laughs> they right. haven't played a great game in November, and we are now in De- December 10th. So they they got to play one. Like, it's, it's probably about that time. Uh, let's see. November. I mean, the Pelicans win was like a fun comeback win. The Mavericks was uh, was probably the most dominant win that they had. Uh, they beat the Bulls by 22. But yeah, November kind of sucked. You know, they just. November uh, sucked. <laughs> they just weren't. Again, we're just kind of back into that, that lull with the Nuggets. But. Again, they got the Hawks, Bulls, Nets, Thunder, Mavericks, Raptors, Nets, Hornets, Warriors, Grizzly, and Thunder up basically through the rest of December. 
these are all games that if they decide to take it serious, they can win every single one of them. But it's just a matter of like where their head is at by the time they get to these games. I wonder if they, I mean, so OKC is going to approach this upcoming. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that in the third segment a little right. bit. Actually, let's let's table this for the third segment because I do think yeah. that there are there are some things that we could talk about with this upcoming schedule that I, I really like and, and that I think are interesting and concerning. A um, couple, couple other guys that I think need to step up. Talked about this on, on yesterday's show. You know that Aaron Gordon's shooting 19% on shots outside of three feet? He's just not. He's not. He just hasn't. I don't know what's going on, bro, but he just hasn't even looked near as confident. Like at, at any point, in anything, anything from any, nothing. Like even the mid-range. He took a mid-range shot in the post over James Harden versus the Clippers that made no sense instead of just bodying him and getting to the basket. He's not confidently attacking the rim enough because he just is, you know, so worried about it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just been. But the funny thing is he started the year off really well, Ryan. He did. Remember, we were back in the back room in the media room, and uh, one of our mm. great friends said that he was the second best nugget on the year, and he was playing really well. Yeah, but I, I wonder which one of the, I wonder whether the listeners can guess which one of our great friends we could be talking about that was propping up Aaron Gordon over Jamal Murray early on in the season. <laughs> which one could they possibly be referring to? Who we both are very connected to. Uh, so no, so uh, that's what I was saying. I just don't think he's confident at all, and I don't even think it's really. It's hurt. I just think I, I, I'm watching him walk around. He looks fine. He just mentally just does not seem like he's in a good place. And when you go into the free throw line, bro, it's cooked. It's like Ben Wallace 05 cooked right now. Yeah, it's been bad. Um, that 19% number, the next lowest number is 28%. From a from another player? who is? Let me guess yeah. who it is. I was gonna say Giannis, but you know it's not the playoffs. Actually, uh, yeah. So, sir, so it is a second-year player, and then the other three on the bottom five are three rookies. A second-year player. I think he's second year. I'll give you a hint. He used to play in Colorado. At Colorado. At Colorado State. Oh, uh, Roddy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a twenty-eight percent, which is wild. Um, Who are the other rookies on the list? The other so next lowest on the list is Osar Thompson, who's at yeah, actually he's at twenty eight percent. I think Roddy's at twenty nine, mm-hmm. and then you've got I think Wemby, uh, who has not been efficient in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, and you've got there's there's another rookie that I can't remember. Okay. Uh, maybe it's Scoot. Actually, that that so might be. The case. Has, he's been the least effective offensive shooter basically in the league so far, relative to expectations. Yeah, and now here's the thing: he's shooting 75% inside three feet, or like within three feet. So that's that's a great number. But he's also benefiting a lot from what Jokic creates. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's on AG to become independent a little bit. Like he has mm-hmm. to be functional in ways without Jokic on the floor, and he just really hasn't been. And it's been kind of shifting as he has continued to meld his way. And this is very common with Denver's offense. As Denver continues to meld their styles around Nikola Jokic, yeah. when he is off the floor, players then forget how to play independent basketball. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it is why Denver struggles in the non-Jokic minutes so much because those guys are not comfortable creating on their own because everything goes through Nikola when he's on the floor. <sighs> Yeah, I think again, everything everything, there's so many different iterations of a season within an eighty-two game season. So I think 
the thing is, Ryan, what's so funny about this, if they're literally going to turn the page on this little thing, throw it, they're going to rip the page out, fall into a nice little ball, throw it very precisely 30 feet away into a nice open fire basket and never think about it again. And they're going to go on a nuts run. And I, I think a lot of this is when you are, when you get in a rut as a team, and Ryan, you know, you played sports at one point in time as well. When you get in a oh, rut yeah. and you don't, you just don't feel good. It doesn't feel good. You don't feel as confident. But I tell you, I do believe that fourth quarter meant something to them with versus Houston. Because at that point, it was like they were getting embarrassed. That's a good way. That's a good way to kind of wrap this up positively at this segment. Peyton Watson's a guy who I think has taken that step. He yeah. has been really, really good. He was on the floor for that run next yeah. to Murray Porter, Jokic, and then Reggie Jackson. Yep. By the way, not sure why Reggie Jackson was on the floor. He didn't do anything during that run. Nor did he really deserve to be on the floor during that run, but he just was. Um, but like it's it's interesting to see what Peyton has been able to do over the course of these last few weeks. 327 minutes to start this year is more than double what he did last year. Or yeah. it's, it's 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 about double what he did last year. And he's done it in 21 games so far as the seventh man on the team, uh, which is very, very interesting, very, very uh, beneficial, I think, for the Nuggets long-term, obviously. Um, do you think that Peyton can continue to step into, maybe if Aaron Gordon continues to struggle, maybe there's a void there? Uh, I would say a void. I, I say it all that. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think it's that. I think, truthfully, bro, I mean, KCP is incredible, so KCP is going to keep playing. But I think what Peyton offers, though, and I said this, I, me and Matt talked about this Saturday, I think – you know, because EPM says that Peyton Watson is the best defender on the Nuggets, and it's not close. Like, they're saying it's it's his effectiveness on the court. It, he, it's not close, and KCP and AG follow. So I don't think that he is substantially better than anybody. I will say this. I do think he's the best defensive playmaker on the roster. Even his contest, him being in the area, him being in on, on, just anywhere in the vicinity, he's so big, and he honestly, he's so intelligent that, like, dude, PG was literally screening him off of him. Like Kawhi Leonard wasn't scoring on him. Kevin Durant, and then even in this last game, you know, he was contesting and rebounding and running and hunting. And again, he's not a great finisher yet. He's not a great shooter yet. But Ryan, he's just like he's basically a redshirt freshman. That's like that stuff is gonna take time. He played no minutes at UCLA. So I'm not really as worried about that. Could by the time we get to the end of the season, Ryan, he's gonna be a much more complete player. But right now, bro. He looks exceptional. And again, people can say, well, it's next to Joker. Well, guess what? So does Austin Reeves next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So does Drew Holiday next to Giannis or Brooke Lopez next to Giannis or whoever. Like, that's just the way basketball works. Michael Porter Jr. looks better because he's next to Jokic. That doesn't take away from their value as players. And I think Peyton, through the rest of this year, Ryan, I think he legitimately is going to be making a case for the most impactful per minute defender on the Denver Nuggets roster. And I think he can have a plus offensive game more often than not as he continues to play more. It's a good point. Uh, it's been a little bit for him. He's He still has to make things work. The offensive end, I think, is right. it is still concerning uh, to me. He has a 10.5 PER. That's probably a decent place to start. But the usage rate is very down. Yeah. Uh, 7.3 assist percentage is pretty low, like for uh, prosperity's sake. 7.1% for Porter while he's out there and Porter is not very involved. So uh, Peyton's got to, he's got to find some ways to be impactful though. It was really nice to see him hit some free throws in that game. 
he's a good um, transition playmaker because I think that feels the most comfortable for him. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's open floor. It's it's up and down, and that's that's just kind of the style that he he seems to flourish in. So hopefully they can continue there. They need a pet play for him. They need a pet play for him on the on the bench unit where they can always go to something that is going to get him a dunk or a a look at the rim, and that could be a good way to get him into a little bit of rhythm. But um, yeah, is he the? Is he the let me ask you this: Is he the? Uh, well, I think Porter's actually a better. He's, he's been he's been a better driver really the last seven months or so. Where does Peyton Wink as a driver? Because he actually has a he's getting he gets to the line more on his drives more than almost anybody on the team. Maybe outside of maybe Jamal. Yeah, I mean he is a because of how physical not physical he he does go downhill. He is still right. skinny enough and still needs to build out his body a little yeah. bit more. Like Peyton Watson at twenty three is going to be an insane athlete. Peyton Watson at 21 is a great athlete, but not insane. Um, I think that that will help him for sure. But in terms of the driving, like he has, he's got a lot of tools there. That is a, it's a good sign that he's able to get downhill and he doesn't really turn the ball over that much in those situations. Mm -hmm. There are some turnovers and he he does continue to rein those in a little bit, but I do like what he has done. Um, Think about it this way. He has the exact same number of steals and the exact same number of blocks as Michael Porter Jr. in less than half of the minutes. Right. Yeah. He's just, he just, that's is insane. A, like, he's the opposite of Porter, like the almost the sole, the solo opposite, like how Porter came in was a stupendous offensive player with all the talent. I think Peyton is just the exact opposite. It's just, it's just going to mm. take him time to round out this game. It's one of the reasons I want them to play together. And especially like if they stagger Porter with the second unit, those guys should be a good duo where Porter is the three or the four, the three offensively. Uh, and then Peyton is the three defensively and they can at least make some good is stuff. There, work there. That's what I'm saying too. Is there outside of KCP, is there a defender you trust more on the roster? Like right now? No. Like, yeah. You know, even, well, in, in respect to Christian, Christian's still a great defender, but I'm saying like, when Peyton's in front of someone at this point, or when he's on the court with an assignment, he just has been like lights out. I think with the game on the line, Jamal's defense, and like especially when he's like yeah. in the post and they're trying to ISO him, it's actually yeah. really, really good. Um, but like, I mean, this is just over the course of 48 minutes. Like Peyton has right. been great, and I trust him to give really great effort. And as long as he continues to give that effort and contest all those shots and, and try to not try to block everything, but try to contest everything. Right. That is, it's going to really, really help Denver's defense with them out there. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll ask you a couple quick questions about the Los Angeles Lakers and mm-hmm. how much you care about the winning the championship, as well as Denver's upcoming schedule. I'll do a, we'll do a schedule prediction. Uh, but first, this message from uh, the winners of today. Good morning, Broncos. Hey, everyone. This is Cody Ork, Denver Broncos beat reporter for Mile High Sports. I want to tell you, make sure every single weekday at 9 o'clock a.m., Monday through Friday on Mile High Sports YouTube page, you catch Good Morning Broncos, your daily bite-sized Broncos conversation that you can have with a cup of coffee as we prepare you for all things that are going on with the Denver Broncos in season, out of season, all the storylines, all the drama. Subscribe on the Mile High Sports YouTube page.
Shout out to Cody Rourke. Shout out to the Denver Broncos. Come out with us, Cody. Come on. You can do it. Um, <laughs> all right. We are here. Pickaxe and roll. Weekends with Swiping Edition. Make sure to leave a like button. Uh, hit the like. Hit the subscribe down below. Uh, final segment. Swipe a teased at the beginning of or the end of last segment. The Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday night, they won against the Indiana Pacers 123 to 109. The Lakers ultimately ended up going 7 and 0 in the in-season tournament. They won all four of their group play games and then they won all three of the bracket games. Pacers went 6 and 1. They were great. Um Tyrus Halliburton was awesome. I loved watching Tyrus Halliburton over the course of this last few weeks or so he has turned himself into a legit superstar. Well, no, 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 no. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Don't, you're going too far. You're going too far. Star. Ooh, only interesting. A superstar is someone you know can be a 1A on a championship team that is guaranteed. There's only like six of those dudes. And Embiid, okay. Embiid is a superstar. So you, how are you going to say Halley is a superstar if you don't even think Embiid is a superstar? I mean, I, I okay. It is, it is funny because like I, I do think that Embiid is a regular season superstar. Like there's no, but like, like there's two people better than him in the regular season than, right. than he is. Um, like just over the course of this last half decade or so. Right. Um, no, I think, I mean, I think Halliburton, we'll just, we'll just say that he's fantastic and he's one of the best guards in the NBA right now. Um, Ooh, whether yeah, it's sure. Steph or whether it's like, that's really just like Steph or Luca or Shea, I guess. Uh, but Halley has been awesome. How much do you care personally that the Lakers actually won this thing? None. I mean, they, uh, they beat young teams that didn't have any playoff experience. Like and they, they handled those matchups, and then the Suns obviously weren't weren't healthy. But again, this is um this already starts off as a slight. This is not a slight. This is the Lakers are the healthier team. But for me, I think a better player than any of those teams have. LeBron right now is out playing Durant. He's out playing Halley. He's out playing all these dudes. So right now, LeBron's been incredible. Anthony Davis, when they got Bando on the court, their defense has been insane. Bando, I mean Anthony Davis had a 40-25 game. Uh, versus the Patriots because they don't have anybody on the interior, you know, Miles Turner and you know Jackson and all that other stuff. Uh, also, by the way, when uh, when Isaiah Jackson is throwing Anthony Davis around the floor, that's that's you're you're gonna have a bad time if you're if you're the the Pacers because I don't know about you, but I think I might be able to pick up and throw Isaiah Jackson because he is a skinny dude at the center center position, yeah, and you know, Anthony a, Davis just uh, just just flew when he when he right. contacted just, him. Uh, He's just a major athlete, man. I think uh, I just think the Lakers were the best fit. They, the, the Pelicans and the Pacers beating them in a must-win setting. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking Braun and AD every single time. I'm glad they celebrated. I'm glad the players celebrated. This is the thing. Most of the people in this chat and Ryan, we all like LeBron James. Some people not like Anthony Davis, but LeBron is, is LeBron. But he, if he didn't play for the Lakers, Ryan, I think there would be a lot more acceptance from Colorado people about LeBron. We just don't. We just don't rock with the Lakers, but that's a historical thing. So I don't care about the Lakers winning per se, but I'm glad that a team that wants to win a championship, an, a real NBA championship, won the in-season tournament. Because I think this levels up what you can expect from the performance. And maybe next year, bro, everybody really buys into it because maybe the next is a million-dollar prize. And now if you win, you get home court advantage if you win, whatever conference wins or something. Because they're going to throw incentives in here because they're going to want people to play for it more. And so if you're saying you get a mill and whoever wins this game, you get home court advantage in the finals. Hey, get it. Uh, I'm all out there. I'm getting it. So Jokic's going to have a, a 45, 15 and 15 game for all that. You already know. Like there is, 
there's no doubt that the Lakers winning this thing and the ire that it drew from around the league, I think it legitimized it in terms of, okay, people are going to care about this thing. People are not going to want to see the Lakers win it again, uh, just around the league. Like, I have, I have zero doubt about that. I know a lot of fan bases feel that way. And and I know that there's there's, there's a lot of talking in that as well. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, another guy that Nuggets fans are probably not super stoked about right now, he's, uh, he's talking a little bit to Bruce Brown saying, hey, you don't have Joker around this time. But uh, no, I think it's it's interesting in season tournament championship, you could see the the celebration. They they pop some bottles. They're they're just having a good time, drinking from the cup. That was great, and they had to win seven games in order yeah. to get that done. In in order to have that experience, that is a way easier championship to win. I think a way more accessible championship for other teams to win than uh, probably the NBA championship because you have to win probably 65, 66 games if you're uh, if you're trying to win the actual NBA championship between about 50 in the regular season and 16 in the playoffs. Right. Um, so I think a lot of people would be like, you know what? I'll just go out for the in-season championship. Let's try to win this thing. Let's try to have that experience and have some fun, make 500K while we're at it. I think there's there's some legitimacy there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm glad the Lakers, uh, they were the best team uh, in the tournament. They took care of business, and their defense was incredible. So, yeah, I'm excited. But Lakers fans, which I'm cool with most of them, but, you know, they don't like me because I just don't think Bron is better than Joker. And, you know, or Shocker. Or like, I, how could you – how dare you say something so controversial? Right. But remember, even we did the Den Venture show, I picked the Lake, I picked the Nuggets one and five, and I was wrong. That, do you know that's the only series I got wrong in the entire run last year was the Lakers series? Wow. I thought they were going to win a game. I think I did. I have Nuggets in four. No, no. I think you were. I think you. I think you were. Uh, you toted it out there, but I don't know if you mm. said they would sweep them for sure. Yeah. I think, but I do think, I, think I probably. Were, I was probably a baby out there. I, I was probably like uh, Nuggets in five because I'm not confident. But uh, no, it's it's it is interesting to think back to it. Like Denver, clearly the better team, and like go through those runs. But yeah, you were on one with your picks last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I think, uh, like I said, bro, we're gonna get we're gonna get a real. I don't know if LeBron's gonna be healthy come playoff time, like this healthy, like what you're seeing right now, because you just who knows. That's six months from now or five months from now. There's just a lot of stuff that has to happen for that. But shoot, bro, you might get a Lakers Nuggets rematch in the second or round or the Western Conference Finals. But look, the Wolves are gonna be a tough out. They're still gonna lose, I think, to the one of the Suns, Nuggets, or Lakers. But that's gonna be a tough out. I think the Wolves can get to the second round, and I think the Warriors—they might be the A seed. I would love—I would love to see the Nuggets play them in the first round, and then kind of oh get rid of God. the stuff a little bit, and then have to play LeBron at some point. Yeah, absolutely, one thousand percent. My my only fear is Draymond Draymond trying to put a hole in Nikola Jokic's chest, like during that series, like 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 basically like in the scene with Indiana Jones and uh, the Temple of Doom, where he just reaches in to Nicola's chest and just grabs his heart. That that could be well, something. You remember it, it was like game two, I think, in or game five. Uh I can't remember which game it was in 22. You remember he almost fell into Joker's like legs. Yeah. He was, I remember. He went too much at one point. So I don't think he's gonna I don't I just don't think Grandma will go that far. But I do think they would I do think that if they saw each other in the playoff this year and again everybody's locked and loaded, oh that's a I do think that's a sweep. I think that's a very like no, it's done. Like it's over. Like your time is over. You know, we're 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 the big dogs on the block now type deal. Um, but I would love to see that. I would love to see the Lakers healthy. I want to see the Suns healthy. I want everybody to come up healthy. 
Jim Park's definitely calling Steve Kerr the N-word in that, uh, like that in that series specifically. It's gonna be crazy. Oh. Oh, Ryan Chartburn, everybody. 27-year-old Ryan. The bold and the beautiful. Oh my god. The bold and the beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, hey, wait, wait. Did y'all compliment Ryan on his haircut that mo- many people noticed in the media press row? Everybody noticed Ryan's haircut. Everybody's like, man, Ryan actually looks like he cleaned up today. That's uh that's a it's a big step, big step for for Chartburn here. Um <laughs> so this is good. I, I appreciate it. Um what's your pre- no. what, what's your prediction for this week? For this week, uh okay, so let's let's move to it. Ryan haircut mid, no offense. Oh great, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Monday at Atlanta, I think they lose. Tuesday at Chicago, I think they win. Um Thursday versus Brooklyn, Saturday versus OKC. Oh man, are they good enough right now to go two and zero in that stretch? Well, think... OKC's in Denver. I know they'll probably win the OKC game. Although OKC is just a better team than Brooklyn. Brooklyn's actually a sneaky, really tough matchup for Denver because they can go five out and they can score with Denver. Like that, that'll be a tough one for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, prediction for this week. They're going three and one. Uh, I think that's the safe call. Yeah, I think they're going three and one this week. I think they go three and one, and I'm going to give room for four and zero. But I'm going three and one this week. I think so. Here's here's how I would break it down. I think they have a seventy five percent percent chance to win every single one of these games. So right. you add that up, that's three and one. Like they'll <laughs> lose one of them and then win the other three. Uh, it's just like you could see them partying in Atlanta a little bit blowing off some steam and I can understand, I can clearly understand that like clearly. Uh, they also just like, don't generally do well in Atlanta historically. Uh, Tuesday at, at Chicago, Alex Caruso did go down with an injury. I'm not sure how serious it was, but if he doesn't play Denver will win that game. If he does play Denver was probably 50, 50. This is the Kobe white special again. Oh yeah. I mean, he's good. He, he, especially if Joker's playing drop coverage, like Kobe white will tear that up. Um, do you really think they're going to go out in Atlanta like that? I don't know. Like, they went out in Miami. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you know, they got some. There, there's some. There are definitely some places. You know, I live. Y'all, y'all live in Atlanta. There's, also, there's Bogdan some- Bogdanovich is in Atlanta. That's true. And uh, Nikola Vucevic is in Chicago, along with Serbian heritage night in all likelihood. That's true. That's true. So, That's true. like, I'm just, I am just trying to build in expectations for our audience here. <laughs> just uh, try to try to temper things a little bit. I I have zero doubt that Denver can and probably should win in those cases. Yeah. But like it's it's very clear that like I mean, like we said, it's still December. How worried should they be? And I I, I understand that I can get they it. Lost three straight though. They they kind of do need to like to to pick it up. Cause they they lost uh they lost two straight to the Pelicans, Cavs, one one. They lost two straight to the Magic Rockets, and they won four straight after that. And then they lost three straight again. So they're kind of in their little rhythm of going on another winning streak. It would be it would be the right time to do so. So and they they are capable of going four and zero here. So here's to it. Here is to it. We will see if they can. So I'm going three and one. You're going three and one as well. Um, any parting thoughts here before we get out of here? Man, stay blessed, stay safe out there, y'all. You know, holiday season, a lot of stuff going on. Make sure y'all use your Ubers and y'all lifts, and you know, enjoy y'all people. Go eat some dinner. 
uh, with your loved ones or your friends. Go say hi to that boy or girl that you want to talk to for a while. You know, take care of business, man. Stand on business. That's all you got to do. Stand on business with your people. Business, baby. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much to Swiper for hanging out with me this weekend. Uh, thank you to everybody for uh, hopping in the chat and really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below. We'll talk to you guys next week.